What's up? Is your boys Jordan Abraham back at it again? He's a professional runner, so he's your fast friend. I'm an MD PhD student, so I'm your smart friend. But most importantly, we are your friends who read One Piece. Yes, sir. Now, yeah. Abraham, you know, this is not, you're not just today, you are not just my smart MD, PhD, all these degrees, friends, man, because you have taken a pilgrimage from the land of the 20s into the land of the 30s. It is your birthday. I'd like to wish you a happy yeah. birthday for, for all Thank of the, the 10 people who might listen to this at some point, man. Happy birthday, Abraham. <laughs> Thank you. Thank now, how you. does it feel? How does it feel to be in your 30s now? Tell us. It, it it actually, this was the one birthday that, I don't want to say it tripped me up a little bit, but it really made me think. I was like, this, it felt like a milestone. Maybe that's the right way to put it. Mm. You know, I I got up out of bed. Actually, I, I didn't even remember it was, it was my birthday when I got out of bed this morning. <laughs> and I went, I went to go use the bathroom, sat down, and then I was like, oh, wait, I'm 30 today. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, man, 30 is, is one that feels like a milestone. When you start turning 31, probably 32, it's just like, dang, that really was just another year. But I remember yeah. sitting around, for me, it's when I was sitting around with you all in St. Louis, and it's just everyone's coupled. We're at Holloway's house. The house is just a little bit nicer. Everyone's in a relationship. People are just drinking wine and talking about board games. And I was like, Dang, like we're thirty now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was the couples plus me and Jordan. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not even single, man. I thought I had some solidarity. No, man. but you know, I, I, I feel like I showed you enough solidarity by not showing up with my partner. You, you know, did, bro. Yeah, I appreciate that. That, that was, that was real yeah. good looking of you. Real good looking. There you go. There you go. Okay, so. Chapter 1105 just dropped this week. Great chapter. I thought I enjoyed it a lot. But Jordan, why don't you give me a rundown of some of the things that happened this chapter? That's right, man. So the Buster Call comes to Egghead. The Straw Hats and the Vega Punks Try to Escape was sort of the main content of the chapter. What we're not going to talk about today, you had Carrot on the cover page making me think about being a furry for a second. I still forget the name of the Marine with the choker who's talking to Kizaru at the beginning, but she's around sometimes. Mm -hmm. I always think Nami's wearing pants because everyone's outfit looks like it's winter clothes. And when she shows up, I'm like, dang, that's some panties and some bare legs. Uh, Vegapunk watching Egghead go down in front of him. Very sad, very tragic. The man is watching his life's work crumble. And at the end of the chapter, we got Luffy filled with food, surrounded by Marines. Not sure exactly what's going to happen there. But we got some big questions, too. Like, at the end of the chapter, you got a refugee ship leaving. Saturn tells someone to go kill it. And the Marines are not able to destroy it because, quote-unquote, they are coming to stop them. Real quick, though. <clears throat> That ref, that ship that left Egghead actually left the previous day, so it wasn't like in the ship was not leaving the island in real time as all of this stuff is happening. Saturn was saying, "I know there was a ship that left yesterday. I sent a warship out to destroy them, and now we're getting a call 
from the Marines that they weren't able to do their task for some reason. Right. And so the, that, that reason is uh, some day, mysterious day came and took yeah. over that ship. Now, what, what's yeah. going on there, man? What do you think? Who do you think it is? I, so I've been racked. First, I, from how you explained it, you made it seem like you believe that another group intercepted the ship and allowed these, I guess, so-called refugees from Egghead to escape. I was under the impression that the Marines tried to attack the ship that was leaving Egghead and that the people on the ship themselves were able to defend it and then are re returning to the island or something. So but why why would they be trying to leave and then return yeah. to the island? So I think maybe once they got attacked by the Marines, they realized that Egghead was in danger, and then they were trying to come back to like either warn Vegapunk because they don't know that the Marines are going to come after Egghead immediately the very next day, right? I mean, that that would be my logic. That's a really interesting way to write motivations on the people that we know nothing about. Yeah, but I guess my, for me also, though, wh why would another ship just randomly, I guess it could just be a matter of coincidence, but you think there's just another, like, random ship of powerful people that intercepted, like, what are the coincidences, right? It feels more likely that the Marines ran up on this ship and lost <clears throat> than anything else. And so now this ship that is a, was originally a refugee ship has turned around. To me, that doesn't make any sense, especially given that we have the language of saying Saturn has to know that they are headed for Egghead. For example, if it was someone returning to Egghead or going back, you mm. might you would probably have language that demonstrated, hey, the people in the ship, they are returning. They're coming back to Egghead. As far as other people in the world who it could be, the revolutionaries are an example. Yeah. There's a reason to think that they would have interest in the in the knowledge of Vegapunk, uh, in the knowledge of what's going on with the ancient history, potentially even in the robot, the sources of energy that we don't know anything about. Yeah. You even brought up in the last chapter, we talked a lot, a lot the whole time about the Blackbeard pirates having been shown showing up on Egghead. Now, I don't know why they would that it'd be surprising if they saved a vessel of people who was trying to escape. Yeah. But that would be someone that would definitely be a they who we know mm -hmm. is going to Egghead who would surprise the Marines. Yeah. So the first, the first group that I didn't think of when trying to figure out who would have been able to destroy this Marine warship were the revolutionary armies. But the only the big thing for me is trying to we've gotten a lot of information placing different factions in different locations. And we know that all of the officers of the revolutionaries are on their at their headquarters right now, right? Because when Sabo arrived, all of them like were like Bello Betty, all of them, they were there. So, you know, I don't expect some random you know, no-name scrubs from the Revolutionary Army to be able to take down their ship. I also wouldn't expect the Marines to be like, hey, they're coming, right? If it was the Revolutionary Army, it it would it would have to be some, like, pretty high-ranking officers. And in my opinion, we, we already know where they are, so it can't be them. It's the same reason why I don't think it can be the, the uh, red-haired pirates. I don't think it can be, obviously, Law or Kid, based off of just... We like placing all of these factions. It could be some people from the Blackbeard Pirates. We talked about Lafitte and like Katarina Devon last week. 
I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know how strong they are to, to be able to do that. And I, to your point as well, I don't know if what their motivation would be to help like a refugee ship in that sense. Um, so I actually thought that this could be someone like when, when I was brainstorming, I was like, maybe this could be someone like Saul. You know, we know that Elbaf is not that far away from here. And I think he took up refuge at like Elbaf. Maybe it could be someone like Uruj. And the only reason why my mind went to Uruj was he's the last supernova that we, uh, that has not been reintegrated back into the story yet. So those were a couple of the ideas I had, but I don't know. Well, I mean, first of all, with Saul, man, come on, man. You got to stop doing this, man. You see, you even said Saul and 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 Nico Ovia. Man, they're, yeah, not yeah, yeah. Re, they're not reintroducing Nico Ovia on a ship coming back to Egghead with Saul <laughs> to right. randomly save this, to randomly save whatever vessel of people was trying to escape, man. That, that's That's just silly. Why? Saul why being the man, Mar come on, man! Like Saul, even then, why would they? It's not. It wouldn't be a. It wouldn't be a bold, quote unquote, they. That's implying, oh, it's those people that we've been watching this whole time. If it was Saul yeah. and Nico Olvia, it's got to be some kind of faction that is yeah. substantial and significant to enough to be heading to to Egghead for the government so to have them in their mind. You think? I, I mean, I agree that it it is framed in a way that this is th these are people who matter right but right. who from the revolutionary army because unless you think that it, it's somebody other than the revolutionary army right who 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 is available to 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 be responsible for that now listen man first of all we don't know exactly where their headquarters are so it could be that they were somewhere <laughs> near there the second thing, right, because we don't actually know where they were in that moment that we saw them. We know Baltigo was okay. somewhere that freaking Justice Burgess just randomly popped up in accidentally, and they went up ahead and, and ran up in their spot. But yeah. we, this is a story in which we saw Shanks go from Wano to Marineford in the same day. Now... It's possible that Shanks just has a crazy good ship or something. He got some nitrox on his ship or whatever, and he can get places <laughs> faster than other people. But in my mind, it doesn't seem impossible that from the last time we saw these characters, much of which was either before this arc or towards the beginning, the middle of it, etc. It doesn't seem impossible to me that these characters could be showing up especially the red-haired yeah. pirates, the revolutionaries, if you have a guy who can control the weather, there's no reason to think that he can't help his ship get there faster. I'd also be interested to hear what you think about the idea that it could be Vivi and whomever we just saw escape from the reverie with. Was Vivi with yeah. Sabo? Am I getting that right? No, no, no. Vivi was with Wapple and with Moritz. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I, I was thinking that they were about to be to get yes. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if Vivi so, Wapple and Morgans are running up on anyone, but <laughs> yeah, probably not that I do think they could they could be a, a part of Egghead at some point, but yeah, not they're they're not taking out no marine warships. No, um, no chance of that. Yeah, I, that's a, actually a, 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 but your point about we don't actually know what island the revolutionaries are on and how close or far it is from Egghead, I think it's a fair point. Because I do think the most likely group to be involved is the revolutionaries. It was just more like 
they can't be in two places at once. Right. It seems like the most likely answer. Although Blackbeard's crew being there, look, I mean, we didn't see, it's not like they took out a Marine Admiral and the idea that the that the person that they took out, which is a pretty normal Marine ship, if Lafitte and Katarina Devon can't do that, that would be pretty weak for what I'm expecting for their characters in the long run. Like, you know, Zoro mm -hmm. and Sanji right now could go take on a normal old Marine ship with normal old sailors on their own if they wanted to. Zoro would just could run up with that Congress hockey, you know, and not even a thing. Yeah. yeah. But I'd be curious, too. What do you reckon of the idea that maybe someone like Hancock happened to show up? Or maybe there's some defecting members of S.W.O.R.D. who are getting a little hardcore about it. Uh, Hancock, I think, is unlikely to leave Amazon Lily after her island was just attacked. Right? It feels like it would be irres like, irresponsible of her to do so. So I don't expect it to be someone like Hancock. Oh my god, members wait, dude. We have not even thought about Cross Guild and Buggy. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Dude. I think that actually could be it. <laughs> that, that could be, be it. it. No one is said no none of our friends in the group. They're the, that would be they're crazy. the Marine Hunters. They're the Marine exactly. Hunters. They're the Marine Hunters. They're strong enough with someone like Mihawk. Yeah. They're a, they're a major faction in the world to be talked about like they and everyone's just like, oh, where are they at? That would be hardcore too. I, I, I love that. Also, because we know that the that Cross Guild is trying to go after the One Piece as well. And we know right. they don't have any Poneglyph weapons. Right. right. So it makes sense to me that they'd be making moves towards either Elbaf or Egghead to steal Poneglyph rubbings from Straw Hats or Red Haired Pirates. So that would put them in the area. I would I I I I've 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 changed my mind. That's that's the number one. <laughs> that's the number one contender right now for me. And I think narratively too, one thing we know is that this egghead incident is supposed to be this wildly important, another one of these shape the world type moments. And you know who kind of needs to be at all these shape the world type moments? Crazily enough, Bug Buggy? It's Buggy the Clown. <laughs> it's Buggy <laughs> the Clown, man. <laughs> Somehow, completely inexplicably, this dude manages yeah. to be continuing to grow in the world and to continue to be a bigger and bigger force in a way that's like pretty significant for the story. And honestly, I, I, I think there's no way that we're going to have an incident that's as important as Egghead is supposed to be and have Buggy the Clown not be a part of it. <laughs> I think I think we got our answer. We, we it, it's narratively yeah. it makes sense. Firepower makes sense. Why they're called they makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like we got ourselves a, we got ourselves an answer. Cross Guild is coming to yeah. Egghead. That's an S class theory. Stamp it right now. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, th that's the official prediction of the friends who yeah. read One Piece podcast. I you know it's crazy though because. I I got the impression that the arc was wrapping up in the next like five to ten chapters, and it feels like if we throw Cross Guild and the Blackbeard Pirates into this mix, that there's no way that happens. Man, I told you it wasn't wrapping up in like five chapters. I told you it wasn't just gonna be he's gonna punch him, and that's it. We, the Egghead Island incident is not big enough if it's just Saturn gets defeated. So we gotta yeah. have other things come in at this stage in the story. Yeah. But I feel like Egghead wasn't built up. The impression that I get from talking to people is that most people at the start expected Egghead to be a pretty small arc. Not quite as small as something like Zoe, 
But this is not, it, you know, we just got out of the longest arc in One Piece. After a lot of these very, very long arcs, I feel like Oda has a pattern of throwing in some more brief, I don't want to say the word, use the word filler because they're canon, con, it's canon content, but like kind of just placeholder kind of arcs. And Egghead really, if, if all of these factions are coming together, Egghead is really developing into its own extremely significant like fairly large arc like it's gonna be what like 50 chapters you can't be like i'm surprised that it is developing to be extremely significant man this is the egghead island is supposed to be this thing that changed the world the thing that will later be known man come on man well i don't mean significant i guess significant significant wasn't a good word for me to use i guess i was more referring to the time i expected the arc to be significant because we've been told for a long time world shattering news is going to be happening but i still expected it to be a short arc. well this this is what i think you know i often keep coming back to when we talk about some things like that silly old baby back fight against shanks theory <laughs> is <laughs> is the narrative at this point in the story is so complex with enough, so many different characters showing up. It's a really interesting, like it's going to be impossible at this point for us to have another long ring, long land. That's just like, Hey, we're just doing a quick lore drop and then moving on. The story kind of has to feel at this point, like it's racing towards its end. I don't know if it's necessarily going to feel like it's racing because we're getting one chapter a week and Oda's releasing like 35 chapters a year now, but yeah, there has to be a certain level of complexity to each of the conflicts that we're going to see from this point on if we're going to be able to wrap up this story in any reasonable amount of time. Because if we ended up going Luffy versus Cross Guild, Luffy versus Shanks, Luffy versus the the Elder Stars, Luffy versus the Marines, like that's that's like eight years right there. Even yeah. if you don't include any amount of in complexity, adventuring, like it being really interesting. Yep. Oh, I didn't even say the Blackbeard Pirates, right? That's like 10 years right there. And so that's that's really what I think we're we're looking forward to through the rest of the series. Yeah. No, that's we'll we'll see. We'll see. This arc is building up into uh to building up to be a little bit longer than I expected it to. But you know what's going on in the background of this arc that you might have might not have realized about was uh, Luchi mm-hmm. is apparently still fighting Zoro this whole time. Yeah, he's getting worked. I promise you he's getting worked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just surprised that he's actually lasted this long, right? Yeah. Like, is yeah. he actually supposed to be able to be strong enough to continue hanging with Zoro? To me, I don't. I don't think so. I think Zoro should be considerably strong, considerably stronger than Luchi. We know, we, we, we've seen the strength level of a CP0 agent, right? And maybe not all of these CP0 agents scale the exact same way, just like all the CP9 agents didn't scale to the same level. Right. But we're so close to the end of the story that I don't really want Zoro to be struggling on opponents like this. <laughs> well, it's an interesting thing because I feel like 
Lucci is in such an interesting position where I don't know that I feel like there was really a strong reason for him to be brought back in the story besides the fact that fans really liked him and his fight. But it's definitely possible to imagine that he's been growing in the same way that the Straw Hats have. Obviously, the Straw Hats growth has been exponential in a way that we're not really seeing with a lot of other characters in the series. But for Luchi to go from the character that Luffy faces to a character that's able to, at the very least, make Zoro take him seriously, doesn't seem totally crazy. It just is so unusual in a shonen series to have that sort of thing happen where where your good guys are scaling and a bad guy returns and actually scales at the level to continue be to be useful mm-hmm. right guys like buggy are useless and continue to be useless guys like mihawk are strong and continue to be strong yeah no um and the thing is i can't even use our like when luffy fought luchi i genuinely don't think he was fighting him seriously you know you see him like skipping rope with Lucci and stuff, but Zoro doesn't do that with his opponents. He's very political, right. <laughs> and he's just like, he does not underestimate anyone, and he doesn't play with his food. So if the fight is still, you know, ongoing, it makes it seem like Lucci's been able to hold his own to something. And... To be fair, to be fair, Zoro has often fought with a handicap too, though. So, you know, he's spending time, he's already been cut up, and so he's fighting Kabaji. And so now he's already cut up, and yeah. they go to Arlong Park. I'm pretty sure he was hurt the whole time from fighting Kabaji with Buggy all the way to Arlong Park because we still didn't even have a doctor. So he's fighting Hachi. No, 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 no. Mihawk. Mihawk literally just oh, slashed yeah, him yeah, in oh, half. Mihawk, right right? Before, yeah, yeah. And then Arlong saw his scars, and he was just like, right. How are you? How are you conscious? Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, this dude has often been handicapped at some level. It's just interesting to think about. So, I don't know if it's that he never messes with his food because that's just such a classic shonen trope to be like, you know, we're feeling each other out, we're testing each other. Zoro just kind of likes fighting. But I do think I would be disappointed, similar to you, if Miha or if if Luchi is actually strong enough to be able to fight Zoro. Like Zoro should still be able to handle this dude, no matter how much he's leveled up, don't you think? No, I I, I agree. And maybe Oda just doesn't want to uh, off-screen this fight, right? So he's he's covering all the other contents of Egghead and being like, yeah, this is still happening in the background. We're gonna cut to it eventually. It could be something as simple as that. It could also be, we, we do know, to your point about Zoro fighting with a handicap, that he had to literally take, uh, like, the equivalent of a sensor bean or whatever it was that he took on Wano that the Minx gave him. Right, the right, Minx right, him, right. The Minx right. gave him that random drug to let him keep on fighting, even though all of his bones were broken in his body. So, is a, is a week of rest on, on Wano enough to let him recover from that? Maybe, maybe not. He could... He could still be fighting with a handicap, like you're saying, but it's hard. It to sounds think. like that's the outcome that you would be happiest with, because you don't want to see him still struggling with Rob Lucci, either. Lucci, okay, I loved Lucci. He was for the longest time until Doflamingo. He was my favorite antagonist in the series. I loved him, but he's just been such a hater in this whole arc. <laughs> Literally, they show up the egghead. And they're like, Luchi, don't attack the Straw Hats. Luffy's different. He's an emperor now. 
and right. he's just like, right. oh, I don't believe Luffy's an emperor. I, I'll believe it when I see it. And he has right, no right, reason right. to do what he does. Everybody advises him not to, except he's a hater and he's salty that Luffy beat his ass. Right, so he shows up on Egghead and gets worked by Luffy, and then he's still talking like he's him, and it's just been a little bit annoying. But I used to really love Luchi as an antagonist. I'm just kind of over him now. That's okay, man. Well, he's a hater, and the good news is we're lovers. Yeah, and that's why we don't like Luchi. And instead of that, we give out instead of hate, we give out awards to the series. Yep. So I, I actually yeah. have, have two that I'd like to give out this week. So I'm going to start by giving out one, and I'm going to pass it to you. Okay. okay. The first one I just want to give out is one that I've just been dying to give out, which is the Jordan's First Love Award. Because my first anime love was Flay from Gundam Seed. I kept okay. watching that, and she was manipulating Kira and everything. But I was like, man, Flay... Like I would, I'm, I would, I would love to get manipulated by Flay in the same way that <laughs> right now, and all these things about refugees leaving. I just really have to get Gundam Steve by. So that's the first one. Is the Jordan's first love award? What you got, Abraham? Okay. Mine, similar but not all that similar to yours. One of my first loves growing up was The Lion King, <laughs> a movie that came out the year I was born. I had it on VHS. And I'll never forget how I felt when Scar takes Mufasa, says, long live the king, and throws him off the cliff. Right? Mm, yeah. So my award this week is going to be the Uncle of the Year Award, and it's going to go to all of the pacifistas that are shooting at Kuma and Bonnie right now. <laughs> <laughs> you call them uncles, huh? Yeah, I mean, they're clones, right? So to me, right. clones are basically like twins, like identical <laughs> twins. So what is your brother's your 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 brother's uh, kid is your is your is your niece, right? So that's that's those are the uncles of the year for me. Dang man, <laughs> that's some that's some bad uncling for sure. <laughs> Uh, my last award is the Bones X Machina Award because this dude, Brooke, can do anything. <laughs> it's like the straw hats are in a pinch. I think Brooke can get out of it. We we need someone to just come up with pone glyphs and get scrubbings, which I don't even know this dude can roll around and just get scrubbings. Oh, I'm just going to take him out of my head? Don't worry. Yep. I got it. I'm about to fall in the water? Oh, no. I can just run on the water. <laughs> It, the dude just shows up and is clutch in every scenario and whatever he was 100%. doing with his freeze and whatever to keep everyone off the uh, from. I don't even. I don't even. Honestly, don't even understand what he was doing. I know it helped. <laughs> <laughs> Bones X Machina goes to Brooke this chapter, man. So Brooke for MVP. Brooke for MVP, man. So what? 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 What's your prediction? What's you get? You got a, You got a, I mean, I know we came to a prediction together, but you got another prediction for this chapter? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see. I think what's going to happen in 1106, now that we've decided that Cross Guild is going to be the group to show up, I think that, I don't know, I, don't, I was going to say they, we, we, we see them on the island, but I don't think it's going to happen that soon. I think what's going to happen is that, man, I'm going to double down on my 1105 prediction. I think, I think Luffy re-enters the battle in 1106. 
Man, how you you just gonna double down on your prediction, man? This man just gonna say the same prediction <laughs> at, at, at the very. Do you still think that Kuma is gonna paw the pain out of him? I I think it could happen. I think his I, the I, shape. I, that, <laughs> go the ahead. Sh- go I'll, ahead. I'll, be, I'll be real. I'll be real. The shape that he's in right now, it's it's moving me up further away. If I was at like two, if I was. Before eleven oh five, I was maybe at like an eighty percent. That this you were at eighty, bro. Now I'm at like a coin flip. <laughs> Come on, at least go to like you gotta at least be at forty percent, man. <laughs> it is now more likely that he gets up because he's no longer looking like an old man. He's got his belly full. Yeah. We know Luffy gets better with food. Talking about uh, bones, ex machina, he drinks milk and his bones literally get fixed. Him and Brooke. Yeah. You got to admit now, it's more likely now that it does not happen than that it does happen. Sure, sure. I'll, 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 I'll give you that. Thank you. That's very generous. But you. I'm not hopping off the possibility that it could happen still. That's fair, you know? Sometimes you got to do that because just in case you're right. <laughs> 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 just in case you're right, you don't want to give up the ability yeah, yeah. Tell everyone you told him. Kind of like what I said was going to happen. Kind of like the way I was approaching it when I knew that Cobra was probably no, not even, but I was no, just saying it. So no, I can do that. No, but there's nothing we'll, like that. Well, we'll come no, back to that. Exactly, absolutely exactly nothing like that. Like we'll that. come back to that another time. <laughs> I'm saying my prediction. Uh, <laughs> one, one group that we know is here that we have kind of just missed is the Seraphim. Like we've seen S, uh, whatever, S Jimbei, and I don't know, it was S Hawk here. I don't remember which ones were here again. I should just go reread Egghead. But we don't really we had- know where they are and how they're going to end up impacting the battle. And I got to imagine that they're going to come back and start causing some amount of chaos and adding a little bit of entropy to this fight. Yeah, we have Dofi, Kuma, um, Hancock, and Jinbei. Those were the right. four. Of course. Actually, sorry, 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 no, 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 Dofi. Dofi was actually me. They had, sorry, Mihawk, Jinbei, Hancock. Right. And yeah, that, those, yeah. Of course, because Hancock, the Seraphim still loved Luffy because power of love, man. That's all I'm telling you. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's important. It's really important because, I mean, we know that Saturn, the Gorus, I have the highest command level control over the Seraphim. And it feels like, our straw hats are already struggling as is. So if you throw mm. four seraphim into this fight, I, I don't, I don't know. They're gonna be, they're gonna be in a bad place. Now if Mihawk comes in fighting on their side, we'll be in a much better place. But all I'm saying is the point you made. You know, we're gonna have to get around the seraphim. Kind of seems like the power of love is starting to be an S class theory. Speaking of S class theories, <laughs> you got anything for me today, Abraham? <laughs> I, I do, I do. I, you like I how think... I just snuck that in there right there? You like how I did that? <laughs> you know what? I was going to start out with a theory that you like. I'm going to start out with a theory that you probably won't like. Just, you know, transition <laughs> from one, one F-class theory to another. <laughs> so this, this person says that Zoro's eye isn't actually damaged. It's just a scar, but he keeps his eye closed to make it a fair fight for his opponents. You know something? I there are so many more interesting versions of that theory. <laughs> there's the <laughs> there's the Zoro Sharingan, which is when he has yeah. the eyes that look like Mihawk in 
Dark Cavendish, probably some other characters I'm forgetting. There are so many more interesting versions of that theory that you could have that are not Zoro's just handicapping himself. We were saying that <laughs> basically as a joke earlier, that he has to be handicapping himself just to make it a fair fight with Lucy, so we will not be unhappy about the power scaling. Yeah. Obviously, the idea that he's just handicapping himself that way is an F-class theory. I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right, so here's one I got for you. You know, I'll start with one that I think you will like, just to be okay. generous. Appreciate this it. From my, both of my theories say from my guy Uteron, from the same video, a little Japanese okay. action. Uteron suggests that Vivi will be the one who leaks the world's darkness, who leaks everything about the emperors, or who leaks everything about the elder stars, who leaks everything about the world history. He doesn't suggest he does it with the Poneglyphs, but that he's going to do it with Morgans because they're together. That's something we talked about last time. What do you think? I think that's an S-class, S-class theory for sure. Like, I personally think it would be, I think it would be someone like Morgans to broadcast it to everyone because he has the infrastructure to do it. But in terms of getting other uh, monarchs on the side of the rebellion or whatever, because I'm assuming there's going to be some rebellion that happens as a result of this, Vivi is the perfect person to do that, right? I would call that an S-class theory. Yeah, exactly. She has the world's trust and someone, there has to be someone who had, there is this amount of darkness surrounding the world and the people running it that we didn't even know about before and now characters have some idea about. I think it makes a lot of sense it'll be Vivi to fill that role. Yeah. Okay. So this one I think you're going to like because you've been complaining for a while that you don't think Agorase going down in Egghead is enough to be the Egghead Island incident. Exactly. So this this person says they think the way that Egghead Island is going to end is that Kizaru will end up switching sides and help Vegapunk escape, that Saturn will kill him for it and put the blame on Luffy. Luffy will then be kidnapped by Blackbeard, who will want to form a temporary alliance with him to find the One Piece. Dang, bro. Yeah, no, you got me with that one. That's an S-class theory for sure. We got a lot of elements. <laughs> yeah. We got a lot of yeah. elements that I like about that theory. The first thing is it has a level of complexity with Kizaru's character and the way that his actions are going to unfold, where he does end up coming to his senses, realizing there's connections with Vegapunk, Bonnie, Sentamaru were more important, and so he ends up betraying them and having the the retribution come from saturn is really something that's particularly would be particularly sad in that moment especially the way we've come to see him i also talked earlier about i think we did an s class f class before about the idea that the elder stars and admirals might end up fighting so i think that's the first thing that's very cool the second thing is about luffy being kidnapped by blackbeard now, I do think that the thing that makes this less likely is the idea that we're going to end up having a separate, another Luffy away from the crew arc at this point in the story. Yeah. I think that's reasonably unlikely. But the idea that for someone who's opportunistic like Blackbeard, who doesn't really seem to have the same level of animosity towards Luffy that Luffy has towards him, those two coming together to find the One Piece, particularly 
because as I keep mentioning, these are the enemies of the world government would be a really compelling alliance for them to have the power to actually be able to do it. And for the D for, and to have the idea of the D tribe coming together to reveal the world's history to fight. And then you can have a situation where Luffy and Blackbeard end up fighting together to fight him. And maybe then they fight afterwards. I don't know. We'll see. S class yeah. theory. I know. I agree. I think it's S class. I can't see any world where Luffy and Blackbeard ever team up just because he literally Luffy, bl Luffy blames both him and Akainu for killing his brother as he should. Of course. So, um, I don't think they will team up to find the One Piece. I could see Blackbeard trying to kidnap him and then be like, hey, you got your captain back. Give me the pornoglyph rubbing kind of things. Um, yeah. Either way, I think that's a, a great Great point. theory. Complex. Fun. Yeah. Courageous. Has all the aspects of an S-class theory. Yeah. And so here's my last one. You know, I sent you a video of this Uteron video, man. I sent you a picture of this Uteron video. They had the Harry Potter. <laughs> he was bringing up, <laughs> just like you talking about the power of love. He was bringing up the he was bringing up the Harry Potter poster, and he came with another Harry Potter esque theory that I thought was kind of cool. The idea that the Elder Stars and M. In the same way, now I actually never read Harry Potter, like I said, so I don't even know what just happened. I'm just trusting him. You know, I guess Voldemort has separated his consciousness in a bunch of different places, and so he couldn't be killed or whatever until some something, something like that. You know, now we mm -hmm. want, you know, where does where does Saturn's incredible regenerative power come from? We don't really understand the ability of them to like never get older. The elder stars are parts share a consciousness within, is the theory. Oh, and there might be a sixth piece even that's there's some like funny you know wordplay stuff that could in, mm. imply that it's seven but yeah there's a sixth piece that's been sleeping waiting to be woken up since 800 years ago is the deepest part of the theory okay uh yeah i'm, I'm gonna have to give this f an f class oh just, man come on man it's not a Man, yes, because F. I mean, well, what do you want me to say? This is not this is not F, B, or S class. This is F or S class. Right? Hard hard cuts have to be made. <laughs> and I, I, the reason why is it's actually kind of like the uh, Birthstone Gorosei theory, where it's like there's no there's no actual connection between these things other than like you there's there's not actually much connecting this idea that the gorosei are just like fragments of imu's souls i'm fine with anyone speculating and just being like hey this is a crackpot idea that I let me take something that happened from another series and like you know translate it to one piece a little bit but We've already kind of gotten that from Vegapunk, right? Like Vegapunk split his consciousness up and you have all the different uh, 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 the bodies and then the Stella. And I, 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 if, I guess would feel maybe reused. I don't know what the right word is, but I just, I don't know why, what that would add to the story, why, why that would be important. Right to me, it just makes more sense that the Gorosei are just all, all the Gorosei and Imu are 
some of the 20 founding kings who have had the immortality surgery done on them by the user of the opioid. To me, it seemed, I think one of the things that's fun, first of all, I'm not really into the idea that they've all just had the immortality surgery on them. Not to mention right. the fact that that ne wouldn't necessarily explain their insane regenerative ability. Being immortal doesn't necessarily mean your arm's getting cut off. I think it's a cool ex potential explanation for that. And with the idea of Vegapunk being there, I think the idea that's a parallel story to the Elder Stars could be really cool, where there's six parts of it, and one part might actually be a traitor that ended up going, you know, maybe it's been sleeping for a long time since, you know, for over the course of, you know, Void Century, whatever course of history. Maybe it has something to do with the Nefletari family, you know, turning its back on the world, on the world government and the, the world elders. I personally think it's a really interesting theory. Or it could be Miha. I don't know. He got the eyes, man. He got the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> now, I could, uh, I could get into a bunch of word plays with you, but I think you please. might. Kill it's me. Okay. <laughs> I'll pass. I'll pass. <laughs> oh, man. Should, should we jump in? I think that's all we got in the chapter, isn't it? That's just about, right? Yep. Yep. We got everything we could. Well, man, I hope everyone enjoyed that, man. Let me, you know, let, let me tell you about something that happened in my life recently, or at the very okay. least my media consumption. Uh, so there's there's a writer I read, Freddie DeBoer, who's sort of like a heterodox left-wing writer he writes you know, the new york reader profile he's called he, talk about him being in antagonizing people on the left and the right and nick wright one of my you know favorite sports personalities i listen to his podcasts what's right now freddie wrote what you could say is a hating article about nick wright <laughs> let me give you a couple quotes he says I can think of no figure in sports media who better emblemizes how sports media corrupts everything it touches than FS1's Nick Wright, a particularly shameless clown in an industry of shameless clowns. And to show you my cards, I'll tell you up front that the tragic part is that I frequently see a thoughtful adult hidden within the Nick Wright clown persona, one that has been systematically beaten out of Nick Wright, the person, by the dictates of his profession. So he's hate. And now huh. you you like first things first, right? Nick Wright's show in the morning. I, I do. I do. On that, he wrote, against him on that show, he has set Chris Broussard, a man misguided enough to use the word retarded as a pejorative on national television in 2023, which, if you <laughs> haven't listened, he did. <laughs> and Kevin, <laughs> quote, I'm just happy to be here, unquote, wild, who seems content in life to play the role of the Washington generals and sigh off into the distance. Bill Simmons caught some strays. He kept hating on, on Nick for being mean to Bill's fans and the Chiefs fans, saying the Chiefs fans has had no real meat struggle and talked about some other things that he saw as inconsistencies. So Nick responded to it on his show. It was kind of hilarious. It was a melding of worlds for me. But that was a lot for you. I don't know. You know, I know you like first things first. What, what do you think, man? What, what's your what's your reaction? It it sounds like you, you, your boy Freddie is just like a, a Jordan stat. He probably he probably has oh, Jordan come as, as his on, goat, man. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it sounds like some hater shit. I I what I Nick Wright is can be very childish, and he can be very maybe not childish, but he can be very 
um, what's the word? I, maybe annoying is just the word. He plays the role of the antagonist of the show, right? Right. But I, I would he's, say because I use this word about myself a lot, obnoxious. Yes, he's he's <laughs> he is very he is very obnoxious, and I love I love the role that he plays on the show because when he is when he's right. He he usually does have reasons for believing what he believes in, and it's usually pretty entertaining to see him give his co-hosts a hard time when he is right. But the times when he's wrong, like when he's like the Chiefs are gonna go twenty and zero and they lose the first, <laughs> his first game, it's week one. You know, it's it's like comedy gold. I I will literally wait until the show starts and to watch it live. <laughs> and just, like, how is this how how are they gonna give this guy a hard time? Give him a hard time for me, right? What, right. what? It, it sounds like it was almost like a personal issue that Freddie had with him. Did he say anything specifically about what Nick has done? So I'll tell you the I'll tell you really quickly. Nick on his show, I should have mentioned this. He said he'd yeah. been getting emails from Freddie DeBoer being like, oh, this that guy's a famous writer. Like the guy basically being like, this is beneath you, dude. And and he's being like, this dude is a famous writer. This must be another person co-opting, <laughs> like pretending to be him, sending me emails, because there's no way an actual famous writer would send this. So, yeah, he really is hating in this way. A lot of it was about how he feels like there's no accountability for sports media personalities, how whenever he's wrong, he just kind of laughs it off and he doesn't actually have to be right, how sports media incentivizes people to just give the most insane take over and over and over and be dug in there. He talked about how people who used to predict that it was going to be impossible for Josh Allen to be good have just, despite being quote unquote experts, sort of just brushed that off and continued on. So it was really a lot of stuff that is in some ways about Nick, but also about the sports. I was going to, going to say, I agree with all of those points about accountability, but I personally don't watch things like Fox sports or ESPN for information. When I want right. to understand basketball, I'll watch a channel like Thinking Basketball, which is run like by Ben, ben Taylor, at, where they will break down, you know, not just film, but they will, they will talk about ideas in a nuanced way that is like music to my ears. When I want to actually sit down, think, and learn about this sport that I love, I don't go to ESPN or FS1, right? And I also think that Nick is not the best example to to go after, right? Skip and Stephen A are the those, those are those are the guys who 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 shape this whole genre around them, right? I'll say that I think Freddie doesn't go after someone like Skip. Skip gets a couple mentions in here. But it's the idea that Nick is an actually thoughtful, interesting person and that Skip is not. (laughs) And so it's (laughs) he's a troll. Right. The sports media has corrupted someone like Nick, whereas, you know, for for, for example, Skip is just always going to be who he was going to be. For me, what I find really wrong about 
Freddie's take is I think he really fundamentally misunderstands like exactly what you're saying, why people watch these shows. Part of the reason the Stephen A and Skip Bayless thing became so popular is because it's just like talking with your friends about sports. And you can have a friend who's a fan and he just doesn't care. And no matter how bad freaking even like all these Bears fans, I'm a Bears fan. All these Bears fans chanting to freaking keep Justin Fields, who has been not a good quarterback and has like two turnovers per game or two. Like it's ridiculous. His number of fumbles per game is insane. But part of the great joy of being a sports fan is being wildly obnoxious. I have, ever since the Patriots have been bad, just been absolutely tearing <laughs> Jamar's butthole up about, <laughs> about <laughs> figuratively, bro, figuratively. I've been, I've been tearing him a new one, bro. I've been, like, I've been absolutely, I've been in there just, Every time the Patriots have a terrible, every time the Patriots have a terrible game, I'll be like, "Dang, your quarterback really sucked." But you can't even be—I don't even let him be unhappy because he had too many good years. I said, "You need to still be <laughs> thankful for all those good years, even if your team is going four and whatever the new number is, four and thirteen. Yeah. yeah, and it's fun. That's the whole point of sports media of, of talking sports is being dug in on your takes being dug in on your fanhood and being obnoxious to other people yeah. in, 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 in another group chat jamar was talking rant i never respond to this group chat <laughs> i never respond jamar was talking randomly about how there's some people like Jordan, who just always come for you. I started getting, I got right back in there. <laughs> I got right back in there. He said, he said, oh, other Patriots fans did this to you. It wasn't me. I don't care. You're a Patriots fan, too. You got to have the joy they were having, and I am not going to let this go. I got right you know, back in. It brings me joy to this day, thinking about what he must have thought when he posted that. And I just actually started responding for the first time in about two months to get right in. That was that that group chat was a safe space for him, and you ruined that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I just want a quick sidebar about Jamar because I've only met Jamar once or twice. The first time I met him was at your at your crib uh, when when I came to Providence, and the very first thing he told me. Well, one of the football games was on last year. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, the, the NFL script is in, right? Yeah, 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 right, like, right. Oh, no, the, the script is in. <laughs> He's just like, uh, the Jags, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, they're going to go and beat Kansas City, and then Joe Burrow is going to uh, beat them in the championship game and win the Super Bowl against the, the Niners or something like that. And I was like, really? Yeah. He's like, yeah. That's the script. He loves the script. The script. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay then. And then <laughs> literally the next weekend, the Jags lost the, the, the Chiefs. <laughs> the week after that, the Bengals lost the Chiefs. And I was just like, I really wish I had this guy's number to be like, what happened to your script? <laughs> right, right, right. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, if I was at the Super Bowl with them, we were watching the Super Bowl together. He was talking about the script at the Super Bowl. 
I said, Jamar, I said, Jamar, we got two black quarterbacks, man. This script is not in. <laughs> it, it, it'd be Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen if we had the script in for the Super Bowl, man. Oh my but God. but that's the whole point, man. That's what Freddie doesn't understand, man. That's the fun <laughs> of sports talk. It's the, it, what TV has become is talking about it with your friends. And when this gets into politics, whatever, it's back. This is sports, man. It's not important. And the fun is being obnoxious to your friends and to the teams who you beat. If I was a Chiefs fan, I would be even more annoying than Nick Wright. That's uh, yeah. That's the fun of it, man. But you know, we're, I, we're talking about we're talking about fighting, man. And you know, that was yeah. something you wanted to talk about anyway. Is I I do. Yeah, you're talking about time yeah. you, you you go in looking for a fight, man. I like to be obnoxious now. I, I, I try and get out of actual fights when I'm being obnoxious, but you you going in looking for a room fight, you know what I'm saying? I, have you never done that before? I don't, I'm, I'm genuinely asking, have you never been in a situation where you're like, I'm going to put myself in a place where confrontation is going to happen, and, I, and, and, and I'm about that action? Like, I, I'm, I'm looking for... To, to run into this person, to see what they want to try and say to them. The best I can think of, it's, it's not like I've never had that. It's more like when someone asks me, like I had a dude who I thought was being abusive to the girl he was dating. And I said something to someone yeah. on my track team and he came up to me and he was like, so I heard you said, and I was like, I did say that. But yeah. I, was not, I was not here looking for it. I was just saying what I thought was true, right? And that's the kind of thing with yeah. me, right? Like I'm obnoxious, I'm truthful, like, and that can get me in trouble. But I wouldn't say I've gone somewhere looking for a fight. Yeah. So for me, what had happened was basically I was doing I was doing my mouse work, right? So a lot of the research I do involves mouse studies, and the way we the place we store our mice, the buildings that we do are called uh, uh, mouse mouse facilities. I'm in the mouse facility. I'm you know manipulating the mice. I'm doing X, Y, and Z, bringing stuff in and out of the room, and I have the door propped open to the room that I'm in because every single time I need to re-enter the room, I need to scan my badge in order to uh, unlock it, right? So it's just easier. And the door also has a, a mechanism that lets it just prop open. So I'm just going to prop the door open so I can bring stuff in and out easily. One of the uh, employees in this building who, you know, they're responsible for like cleaning the cages, mopping the floors, all that stuff. He comes into the room that I'm working in and then just abruptly shuts the door. And I go to catch it and I'm like, actually, can you, would you be okay if like you leave this door open uh, because I'm bringing stuff in and out of the room? Mm. And he just got extremely, he, he spoke in a way that wasn't outwardly, like he didn't curse, but he was very patronizing and disrespectful. Mm. It was like, no, I guess you don't know. He was like, I guess you don't know the rules. These are the rules. You can't have the door propped open for X, Y, and Z. If you Dang. don't understand these rules, I can bring the manager over, blah, blah, blah. He was, he was talking to me in a way that he didn't need to be talking to me. Right. right? So he goes, and I'm like, maybe, maybe, I don't, maybe I didn't know the rules. Maybe this door isn't allowed to be propped open. Right? So I immediately go to the supervisor's office because I know where the supervisor is. And I asked the lady that's there, I'm like, hi, uh, Catherine, is there a rule against propping the door open 
to to the mouse facility, uh, or can I leave it open so I can bring stuff in and out of the room? She's like, oh, that's fine. Like, okay, thanks, because there was one of your employees was telling me I was breaking a rule and he was being really disrespectful towards me. And she told me they they they've had a history of him doing this to other people mm-hmm. that they've had to like report his behavior. Dang. So the next day, I come back. And I have to I have to come back to the same facility. That's where our mouse are. So right, of course. I come back and I prop the door open and I'm just hoping the, the hand I'm motion hoping. you made for dropping the door with a punch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I can't tell you. I'm praying that this man is still working today. Right, 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 right. right. So I prop the door open and <laughs> 15 minutes later he he shows up again and he goes to close the door and I immediately catch it. I'm like you're not, oh, you're, no. not closing, like, you're not closing. Like you're not closing the door today, and he's just like, "I told you yesterday, you're not allowed to close this door. You're not allowed to pop open this door." I was just like, "Yeah, yeah, I I know the lies you told me yesterday." And I went and I spoke <laughs> to you. I spoke Thank to your supervisor. God. She told me that 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 what what you said is not true, and it, I I don't want to make you know drag out the whole conversation. But we went back and forth for a couple minutes, and. I, I I was basically like, if you have a problem with what I'm doing, bring your supervisor open over here and have her tell me herself that I'm not allowed mm. to do what I'm doing. And he's like, okay, I will. He left and then he never came back. Dang man. And then now every every single time I go to that facility, if I see him, I look at I look in Debbie's <laughs> eyes and I don't break eye contact. I refuse. I'm like, if this guy's gonna look away from me, good. Like and I, I look at him and I'm just like I, I'm like I dare you to say something to me. And every right. single time now I go to that facility, I prop even if I don't need to move move stuff in and out of the room, I pop the door open just to <laughs> see if he's coming by. And when I see him again, I look at him to be like I did like try and say something to me because I was so angry at him for talking to me like that. I was like, who 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 are you to try and I just I don't understand people. Who are just mean for no reason. This is someone in my head who is just having like a bad day and is trying to take it out on someone else. And I'm not this kind of guy to take your bad day out on. Right. And every I've seen him several times since then. He's never said a word to me since. Because dang, bro. I really, you know, good on you, first of all, for getting that door to stay open. <laughs> I, I really love. I love the. I love that you glare at him every day too. Like you're really yeah. not worried about that conflict. And I gotta say, not I was, when you were talking to him, man, I was like, dang, I think the African about to come out. <laughs> like <laughs> he, he, about to, he, he about to start. He's about to start saying things like, "Why do you come over here? Why do you come over here? <laughs> you stay over there." I look. I, I, was, I was starting to hear that tenor come out your voice. I said. When I, I don't even know what your mama sound like, but I know you got oh a little bit of African in you, so I'll start to wear that coming out there. <laughs> no, he he had me feeling some kind of way. I was really I was really annoyed at him. But I'll say I felt it felt so cathartic mm. to do that to him. You know, it was just like ah, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad I got to get this off my chest. I love I love that you not only managed to do it and you managed to win. Now I'm curious, how big was he? That's that, that's kind of the thing I'm he wondering. Was, he's 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 my size. He was thing okay. is he was like Oh, so he's very uh, small then. 
Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey, I'm joking. Hey, I'm joking. Hey, I'm joking. Hey, I'm joking. Hey, hey, let's not get crazy out here. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's like a he was like a white dude, maybe in his like fifties, skinny, mm -hmm. maybe like an inch taller than me or something like that. Pretty similar size. Yeah, so you were like, you were like, I got a good chance here, especially with him being older. <laughs> I mean, he's also at work. I don't think right, anyone's right, trying right, to throw right, hands. But that's like, that's like really like, if there's a dude that you're not gonna let talk to you that way, it's the 50 year old white dude in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In St. Exactly. Louis, like he probably lived yeah. down in South County. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, and I'm just gonna, you know what? I wasn't gonna say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this now though. You know, because I do kind of also feel this way. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to any janitors or anything like that. Because I worked as janitor for a summer. That's how I actually, one of the ways I paid my way through uh, through undergrad. I, I worked mm. as a janitor. But for you to imply that I'm not, I, I'm not smart enough to understand these rules of the mouse <laughs> facility. I'm like, bro, there's a reason why you're cleaning the floors and I'm, Taking care of the bank. <laughs> you know, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful because I understand everybody well, comes from different situations. You don't like this dude. You're trying to be a little disrespectful. Come on now. No, I'm not I'm not trying to be disrespectful to like janitors as a whole. Right, I'm trying right. To just to him. Yeah. Just to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I I know we, I know we're supposed to log off now, but I have one more question to ask you because we, we, yeah, you know, yeah. we meant to do this. I'm, we meant to do this as a regular bit, you know. And we're talking about how big this dude is. How's your working out going, man? Like, like on on a scale of like one, like on a scale of this dude would beat you up to like you about to knock this man out because you're swole right now. How how are you doing right now? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Um, I fell off for. a a couple of weeks during the holidays because I don't have a gym at home uh, that I go to. So I had, I had maxed out on some PRs. Like I hit 335 on my deadlift right before coming. And now my deadlifts like a little bit weaker. All, all, all of my lifts are a little bit weaker, but that's just from a couple of weeks of not really lifting. So I'll get back up there. I'm willing to bet that Mr. White janitor man Definitely could not deadlift 335. Uh, I'm pretty sure he couldn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so on that <laughs> note, we know uh, I'm your fast friend. Abraham is your smart and apparently your kind of swole friend who doesn't take any back talk from any rude janitors talking down to him. Nope. Uh, we are your friends who read One Piece. Thanks so much for listening. Like, subscribe, go Go tell all your friends about us so we get more people listening to our podcast, man. We love you. Appreciate you all.